Hey everyone, welcome to the tribe. Hey, today I would like to talk about the effect shoes might have on your body, the way you move and on your health. Today I'm uh, with Mick Breen. I'll be interviewing him. Mick Breen is a myotherapist. He's located at CrossFit Solrab on Thornbury. He uh, specializes in running technique. He's called a foot nerd, so he knows a lot about movement and rebuilding your feet. And he gives online classes on improving your running technique. Mick, welcome. Did I introduce you well? Is there anything I missed? Oh, probably the only th other thing is soft tissue therapy. So work with a lot of injuries, uh, restrictions, um, all kind of stuff, ailments that people get in everyday life um, and help get people moving freely, uh, pain-free and happier. I like that. That's a good message. Mm. Can you tell me how you started? Like, uh, what's the reason you got into uh, myotherapy? Can you tell me about your past? Yeah, for sure. So, got into myotherapy about oh, about six years ago now. It was actually after I retired from playing high level rugby. Um, had plenty of injuries myself, three knee reconstructions in four years that kind of ended my career. Yeah. And from all the injuries growing up playing rugby, I got a lot of friends who were physios, chiros, osteos, because I was seeing them week in, week out. Yeah. Learned a lot more about the body. Always been interested in the body, being a personal trainer for 12 years, sports science degree, and loving sport. Once I retired, I needed to start learning more about the body. So that's how it kind of pushed me into myotherapy. Yeah. And one of the biggest passions for me was, I worked out that the injuries that I had, mainly the knee injuries, the reconstructions, were preventable. So that, something that could have been prevented, crushed my dream of becoming a professional rugby player yeah so what that led me to is like i want to know more about the body learn more about that so no young athlete has to go through what i went through so basically you had an issue and you learned how to target that and help other people out in the future yeah for sure because um what i've learned over the years being a myotherapist the movement coach is 90 percent of injuries are preventable and manageable yourself <clears throat> you know, we've got to look at what people are doing in their everyday lives and we look at humans today like the sedentary lifestyle we have which is so damn common <clears throat> a lot of people obviously going to the gym being active but they don't realize how much unactive unactive stuff they're doing outside of the gym yeah so what i've learned really recently is like it's actually more important what you're doing outside of the gym than you do in the gym because for most people they'll work out run train for maybe an hour two if you're lucky your day yeah and but what are they doing for those other 14 15 16 hours that they're awake can you explain uh, about that a little bit more go a little bit more in depth in that yeah so going on from that like you look at most people these days they do have that sedentary lifestyle where they're stuck at the desk all day long so your body will adapt to its most common position so for most people that is sitting down at the desk sitting down in a car um wearing crappy shoes it's just uh, what, what do you mean by crappy shoes, crappy Can you shoes. Just, yeah yeah uh, very, very short what do you mean by that um the modern day shoe in general is very stiff rigid normally ill-fitted and most people wearing the wrong size shoe um too much stability too much cushion heel raises there's too much technology in shoes is the, is the easiest way to say it um and taking away all the natural benefits we have from our amazing piece of machinery that are our feet so yeah, so that's me, um, and just delving more into the benefits of being barefoot and wearing barefoot shoes and getting people moving properly up here in the clinic and also downstairs in the gym. 
Um, so it really works well together to get people moving pain-free and happy. Hey, you were saying, so um, your daily life has a, a large effect on your body. That's obvious. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what happens when you do a lot of sitting? What, what happens to your moving, to your patterns? What do you see very yep. often? So that classic sitting position, like we're in a hip flex position. Um, so knees close to your to your chest, basically. Yeah. For those that, that don't know the word. Yeah, for sure. And so the muscles that are working on that, basically called your hip flexors, become, a lot of people tend to become feel they become tight, but it's actually they become weak. Yeah. Because you're actually stuck in that position. And when you are sitting in the chair, the chair actually acts like a brace. So when you're sitting down, you're not using your core. You're not using your glutes. There's no blood flow. There's no muscle activation. You are basically just sitting in this big brace. And then you get up and try to do something. Your yeah. body's got to suddenly go from doing nothing to just walking, which is pretty challenging. So what we see in that is because of that getting kind of stuck in the hip flex position, we lack the position to get, sorry, we lack the ability to get hip extension where the leg is going behind the body. And we need hip extension to walk. We need hip extension to run and do all kinds of movements uh, in the gym, exercise it, it, and all that. You just stand up, for example. Yeah, but stand up, yeah. So normally people are strong at standing up. And that's where balance really comes in pretty damn important. Like if you can't balance probably just by standing up, later on in life, it's actually the difference between life and death because a, a fall for an elderly person can be fatal. Yeah. And then we bring it back to yeah, again, getting stiff from the sedentary lifestyle. Um, we lose that glute function. Most people who go to the gym will be trying to find their glutes in deadlifts, squats, running, you name it. It's very, very hard. It's because we can't access it because of the lack of function of that hip extension. So, What kind of effects does it have? So for someone listening right now, they might be thinking, hey, maybe this is me. What would you notice if you have too much hip flexion, you're tr working out, what, what yeah. do you feel usually? It, I don't think, you don't actually feel anything. It's um, it's not something I think you become conscious of until someone actually starts looking. But what it can actually do, it makes you start shuffling along as you walk. Most people are walking with a shuffle. Yeah. Because uh, then you also add in shoes that tend to have a heel raise, which is then also putting you in a bent over position. So then you've got to bend your knees, you've got to bend your hips, sway your back sway your head just to get a straight position yeah so you add all that in you're not going to be using your glutes properly we are very quad dominant society yeah. because of so the way we walk quads are uh quadriceps are the muscles right below your hip just yeah to clarify front of your leg there yeah big quads um they tend to take over from the glutes i mean we've got big butts for a reason <laughs> you know, we evolved as is bipedal to come up from four legs up Bi to two. Bipedal? Can you? Bipedal walking, standing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we evolved from monkeys, they used to be on all fours, and then we got the glutes coming in, the butts to get us standing up, and that helps propel us forward. Yeah. And also to make us become the best running animals in in the well, in the planet. I've even heard that we're the best endurance athletes of the whole Big time, yeah. kingdom. It's how we evolved as, you know, back in the hunter-gatherer days. If you couldn't run, you either got eaten or you starved. Because what they did all day, they'd hunt, hunt, hunt yeah. for the prey. And then the, the way humans evolved, though, we are the only species that sweat. Animals don't sweat. 
Why is that? Can you tell me a little bit more about because, that? Because, like, like you said before, we evolved to be the best endurance runners. But to be an endurance runner, running you know, all day long in sweltering heat in the middle of Africa, what, the way they were coming from, and you needed to auto-regulate your body, and that's where sweating evolved. So you would basically run your prey to death because yeah. they would overheat, whereas humans could keep going. But now you look at running today, stats say somewhere between 70 and 75% of runners every year yeah. get some kind of injury. So we're obviously doing something wrong. What kind of injuries are you talking about? Because I'm always very interested in yep. patterns because seeing something happen is A, but knowing where it comes from is, is, a, is a very big one. Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned that if you have a very sedentary lifestyle, you can't find your glutes as well. Mm -hmm. You are gonna feel more, have more quad activation. What kind of injuries do you see very often in? So a lot of runners will pull over tight calves. Yeah. Um, and that comes back to the lack of glute function because okay. we can't get that um, hip extension, the calves take a lot of the load. Yeah. Um, again, with the calves, our ankles become very stiff because of the shoes we wear. Yeah. Like our foot has 33 joints, 26 bones, all kinds of amazing gear in there, but as soon as you put a rigid stiff shoe in the way, or even just a cushion immobile shoe, it locks up the ankle into one joint. So then what that can do as well is, because you can't move the ankle, the body wants to move, the next port of call of movement is the knee. So we see a lot of knee injuries. Exactly. Especially, I mean, running a straight line is not too bad, but if you're sidestepping, especially in footy, that's what happened to me, sidesteps, uh, glutes weren't there to help me out, knee just went, tried to take over, snap. So basically what you're saying is a structure doesn't work as well as it should, so secondary structures take over. Exactly, yeah. The so to just clarify for people listening, you might have an issue with something in your body, but that might not be the cause, it might be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the big thing with the knee that I like to say is it's got the middle child syndrome. It's never its fault, unless you get direct <laughs> trauma to the knee, it's normally the foot or the hip, Yeah. above and below. Yeah. Because with, if you get someone just to simply balance on one leg, most people are pretty poor at it. 80% um, of walking is single-legged, 100% of running is single-legged. If you can't simply balance on one leg on a nice flat surface in a very safe environment for at least one minute without falling over, you shouldn't be running. Okay, I like that. Mm. Just for one second. Did you hear that? I would like you to try once you're done with this podcast, what Mick just said, try for one minute, stand on one foot and see if you can balance. Just something you can try at home. Okay, continue. Yeah, so the balance is so damn important because Taking them to running, like, yes, you're not gonna cause any damage by trying to balance on one leg on a flat ground, but as soon as you start running, the compressive load that comes into running, especially yeah. on hard surfaces as well, yeah. if you can't control that landing, <clears throat> ankle's gonna take some drama, knee's gonna take a lot of the load, hip, lower back, you name it. Can you talk a little bit more about compressive load? I've heard before that when you're running, the weight of your body is uh, three-folded. Yes, so you might be like that, yeah. 100 kilos, so there's gonna be 300 kilos on your knee, mm. correct? Yeah. And if you sprint, how, how much are we talking? I think it's the same sprinting or jogging, um, but then that's where like they came, kind of brought in the big cushioned running shoe, which was there to <clears throat> take the load. Yeah. Like take the load away from the joints, but it's actually been take proving loads. in, <laughs> the studies are showing that there's actually increasing. Yeah. Because the best way to think about it is imagine you're just, you're skipping with a skipping rope on a nice flat gym surface 
and then you go jump through a skipping rope on a crash mat. Yeah. It's pretty damn impossible. That's basically what you're doing with a cushion in your shoe. Yeah. Because it's just taking the load away. And like we have big Achilles tendons, like the biggest tendon in the body, to help compress that load and spring us forward again. Yeah. Um, and then you get into the whole thing of like a lot of people have this been told by some other therapist that you have uh, you're over pronating for your foot it's where the arch pronating is, is where the arch um, kind of comes in yeah like the arch your foot is designed to roll in yeah most people it's not really over pronation because it's designed to pronate it's a lack of control yeah because not many people know that your arches in your feet are created from your glutes so there's a connection between the uh, lower part of your foot, like we call that plantaris, right? Yeah. Plantaris muscle that's connected to your glutes. Mm-hmm. So you're you're basically saying that if I'm wearing shoes, it has a major effect on my glutes as well. That's Big what time. you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Because what you see with a lot of people who get kind of foot pain, ankle pain, heel pain, you name it, they're given an orthotic or like an arch support or something. So best way to put it, people who call themselves, they have flat feet. So flat feet, you've kind of got an arch collapsed. Yeah. And that's just through lack of strength. The easiest way to gain the strength back in the arch is to build the glutes, build up your uh, balance, your single leg stability, because then the body has no choice but to use the proper mechanisms to keep you strong. If you put, excuse me, uh, an arch support in the way, an orthotic in the way, there's no way that arch will ever be able to pronate again. Yeah. So then it's basically this big block in the way so it's just going to say alright you don't need me anymore I'm going to stop working yeah so that's where pain comes from which cascades through the whole body for sure and the body will always try and find the easiest thing to do yeah most of the time it's not the most efficient like going back to the whole sitting down getting all stiff through there like we we kind of get well people kind of get strong in sitting down because that's their that's their adapted position and then they go do something else they're not strong there because they're never there no. Most people get injured these days in movements that they never train in. So you're trying to say you're trying to do an overhead press in the gym. When are you ever in your everyday life pressing a load overhead? Never. Not very at all. Not Maybe very, to open a cupboard, but exactly, yeah, but it's not very heavy. So then we go to the gym and smash ourselves or load up the wrong weight, and then because you don't have that full range of motion for the arm, something else has got to comp- compensate for that normally the thoracic lumbar and stuff so going for the easiest route as you said the exactly. strongest position yep. which is sitting mm-hmm. yeah so the body will get walls go back to what it's adapted to um, another good example from the whole sedentary lifestyle is we have this thing called the dowager's hump this is a bit of connective tissue that builds up on bottom of your neck top of your shoulders there never heard of that interesting no? um, so the brain basically goes all right, you're in this forward, head forward position, shoulders rolled forward for an extended period of time, six to eight hours a day for so many years now. I need to build strength in this position to keep us going. Yeah. So then it starts laying down connective tissue, connective tissue in that area to keep that area strong for you. Yeah. Because your head's so far poking forward that you basically create your own hunchback. Yeah. But what doctors now say in the, these days is that it's irreversible. Now, I don't really agree with that because if you can now get yourself out of that crappy posture, get yourself out of the sedentary lifestyle, over time, it can be gotten rid of. But you have to take actions. Exactly. But the thing is, it's taken 25, maybe 30 plus years to develop. Yeah. It may take that time to undevelop. Yeah. 
And the thing is, there's no studies that have been around that long to be able to test it. Um, costs a lot of money. People don't want to talk about it. We'll just want to give you a pill, maybe. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And um, yeah, who wants a big hunchback on their job? I think I think nobody. No. I think nobody. No. no. no, no, no. Yeah. Because um, that can also relate to bunions in feet. Bunions. Bunions. Know what a bunion is? No. So I'll so, do a word. No, no. Bunions is when the big toe is pushed in. Yeah. And the big toe knuckle joint the head of the joint gets pushed outwards. And this comes from... You call those hammer toes as well, don't you? Uh, hammer toes are more in the, the middle toes. This yeah. is the, the, the bunion is on the, the big toe. Ah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I understand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, check. So it's where you've been wearing ill-fitting shoes where the toe box is too small for the toes to fit into it, they've been squashed in. So you look at mainly um, women's shoes, heels, they go to a point. So it's not necessarily only about the cushioning that you're talking about, the stiffness, no. but it's also about how wide is your shoe. For sure, yeah. The actual, the widest part of our feet should be the tip of our toes. You look at most people's feet these days, barefoot, they're not at all. Because we get measured in shoe shops at our knuckle joints. So then we have to jam our toes into the toe box. And we don't think anything of it to start off with because it's just what we're used to. But over time, bunions will develop. And the problem is most people who get getting bunions are getting surgery. Yeah. So the surgery is then just going to cut off half the bloody joint and apparently fix it. That's just like, you know... Temporarily, not for the long no, run. No, no, no. It's like going to see going to your doctor or your therapist and I've got, oh, I've got pain in my shoulder. All right, let's just chop half your shoulder joint off. That's yeah. better. Makes no sense at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the fit of shoes is so damn important. Like, ideally, you should be able to move every single toe individually not many people can like even myself like like i told you before i can't move my little pinky toe because i wore footy boots for 21 years and they are just designed to be point to a toe to apparently have more control with the ball and what happens when you do so uh, when a person is able to have such a wide foot mm-hmm. what can that person do that a person that has like these scrumped up toes yep. can't what's so, the difference so having that wider foot it's just like um it's the bottom of our structure like you think of the bottom structure of a big tall building the wider the base look at the pyramid the wider the base you can only go as high as wide as the base is um, so if it's a small narrow foot your balance is going to be all over the place but our big toe is so damn important to the rest of the body especially the hips because when that big toe gets pushed in <clears throat> you can't get full toe extension as you're walking which then limits that hip extension we were talking about which will then limit the glute function which is one of the strongest muscles in the body. It keeps exactly. you upright. Well, yep. I can imagine what that keeps does going to forward. Yeah. Yeah. So also as well, when that big toe is pushed in, if it's not straight, that arch on the foot will easily overpronate, like we're told. And knee then what we call valgus, where the knee kind of drops in. A lot of knee drama there. And lower back pain because the glute can't control that. Instability. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So the toes are very, very important. Um, to everyday function you know it's the way we're designed but the problem we see with shoes today is you know it's more fashion over function hey and you were talking about how this causes injuries and of course you don't want injury that it's uh, you suffer you might not sleep as well but you were talking also about balance and feeling can you tell, tell me a little bit more about how better balance could affect your life yeah well, a lot of the studies are saying that having better balance actually helps your sense of well-being because 
the problem we have again in society is we're in a very linear structured square rectangular boxy world offices you're in a cubicle or windows or yeah. straight everything's flat and because we're walking along on flat surfaces all day carpets concrete floorboards you name it there's nothing to test our feet test our balance 70 percent of your senses come from your feet when they're in a cushion shoe a high heel shoe 70 percent of 70%. your senses. you said that right 70 mm-hmm. percent Okay, wow. Yeah, so our feet are screaming to react to the ground. Yeah. And if it's just reacting on a flat surface all day long, it's not really testing, it's not challenging the body, so the body gets really weak in those positions. So then when you go for a hike or a long walk over different terrains, your body's absolutely exhausted because it's actually working properly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a good quote. Yeah. yeah, we should be able to walk for days, but we can't because we're just so used to a flat, yeah. flat um, hard surface. Basically like rice and chicken every night. Yeah. Same thing over and over again. Exactly, yeah. So you need to challenge the system. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Challenge the system. Yeah. That's, that's good. And it's the, like a lot of study recently is um, showing that just balance in general is so important for your well-being, for your fitness, for your health. Um, and again, when, as you get older, I mean, it's balance, stability through the body is a matter of life and death. If you have a fall when you're a bit older, you know, 60, 70 plus, you may not get back up. You may yeah. hit your head, you may smash your pelvis, and it's fatal. Yeah. Just from having a lack of balance. And it's something that every single person can work on. Take one foot off the ground and start balancing. Anything can be a balance beam. Um, just start playing with it. Because if you just keep going the way you're going, like sitting in a chair all day long, you're not fighting against gravity you're not using your muscles you're not <clears throat> blood flowing uh, there's there's no productivity there you're just stuck in that sedentary lifestyle and you're slowly just going to stiffen up and fall over is yeah it's pretty much the thing um so yeah challenging that balance is so important for so many different things because actually like i said before it's it's actually our sixth sense the only time you're not using balance is when you're laying flat yeah and that's normally only when you're sleeping so having a good sense of balance just brings everything together um, especially if you want to improve your training if you want to run faster if you want to lift heavier if you want to go faster in workouts work on your balance you know, the best athletes out there have the best form of balance like you look at Roger Federer and that when he's playing tennis like he just does it with ease because he's got the balance Lewis Hamilton for the Formula 1 if he didn't have good balance he wouldn't have good peripheral vision to drive at those speeds um, you, can, you can put it like golfers they don't just completely smack the ball. They have perfect balance, agility. It's just the nice. Power structure. I know power yeah. leaks. Your body can adapt very quickly. Exactly, yeah. 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 So the coolest thing that I actually did yesterday was like I was playing with a slack line downstairs and people will notice if they just do any kind of balance to start off with. When you first start, you're shaking all over the place. And most people jump off straight away, but I let it keep going. And then suddenly just, poof, my body worked its way out. Shoot, shoot through the right system to connect together to get that balance it was just like, inducing some novelty yeah it was crazy just um all that shaking straight away and then suddenly boom brain worked it out found yeah. the balance easy yeah it was cool i wish i videoed it <laughs> hey just to go back a little bit mm-hmm. you were saying well-being and balance that there's a very big connection in there can you tell me a little bit more about that it's something i've noticed myself but i'll let you talk because i've noticed myself you do feel a lot better after walking barefoot. Mm. Tell me about that. Yeah, like 
need to look a lot more into it because this is very new but the whole thing of grounding earthing actually feeling the ground with your feet yeah um like i said all the senses are well, sorry a lot of senses. 70 percent. 70 percent. so when you're feeling the ground like there's i can't there's not gonna be many people who don't enjoy walking barefoot in grass yeah on a nice you know dewy morning and it's a really nice feeling um and as you're walking barefoot you're actually massaging the feet at the same time uh free great, massage <laughs> pretty much yeah great example like yeah. a few months back i went for a big eight kilometer barefoot hike in the dandenongs and what i do most days is i roll at the bottom of the foot with a with a mobility ball and it's quite painful yeah. but after doing an eight kilometer barefoot walk wasn't easy but for the next week or so i had no pain on the bottom of my foot so i was basically working out all the um kinks and knots in the bottom of my feet yeah and just it's just you're coming back to human nature like we the easiest thing to say is you weren't born with shoes on your feet. You know, the feet are designed the way they're designed because that's what they're there for and connect us to Mother Nature is the best way to think about it. Um, and just, yeah, having that sense of well-being just like, just it makes you happier in a way. No, like I, I don't I don't know the exact science behind it, but there's so much more to it. Like you look at kids when they're growing up, like I obviously don't have kids, but the fight to get kids with put their shoes on. They don't want to. Yeah. And the first thing they do is it's very natural it for them to walk barefoot. They yeah. like they want to. Yeah, because why do I want to wrap it up in this coffin shaped shoe? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And then even though like you see a lot of girls who go out in high heels, I mean don't get me wrong, high heels look good, but as soon as they can, they're thrown off straight of away. Yeah. They make you weak basically. Yeah, right? they're not comfortable. No. Um so yeah, just reacting to the ground and feeling the ground and being natural is the best thing for you. Okay, so uh, I think it's very clear what kind of effects it, it has having wearing shoes, having a sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening right now, you might be thinking, okay, so I now know why I shouldn't and what I maybe should do, but how will you start? What's the first step you would recommend to someone wearing crappy shoes, mm -hmm. sitting down a lot, having all these problems that we just talked about? What would you recommend? First thing to do is become aware of what shoes you are wearing because the, the problem that most people have, they worry about what they wear to the gym and what they run in. Yeah. Now you can run perfectly in any pair of shoes. You yeah. can lift in any pair of shoes. But the thing is, again, you're only really wearing them for maybe an hour or two, two hours tops a day. What are you wearing for the rest of the day? Yeah. It's normally your work shoes, your casual shoes. And that's where even for men, casual uh, dress shoes, little heel, real stiff toe. Um, so trying to become aware of what you're wearing throughout the day is the first thing because that's where you adapt that's what your foot gets used to yeah so the most movement you make yeah yeah and that's the most time you spend in that shoe so looking to get a more of a barefoot minimalist kind of shoe just to walk around in is fine like you would not buy a barefoot shoe and go running straight away because it'll absolutely destroy your feet and your calves and everything so don't do that no so the best thing to look for straight away is a shoe that is wide, wide at the toe box to fit the shoe in, fit the uh, foot in, sorry. Um, thin on the ground so you can react to the ground. Uh, flexible, and so it, it moves with your foot. And, and then, what did I say? Wide, thin, flexible, and flat. Yeah, so no heel raise. There is absolutely no benefit whatsoever to any heel raise in any shoe unless you're a cowboy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I need to keep their feet in the stirrups. That's yeah. the only reason the heel can be beneficial. Fair enough. Um, but the thing is, when you do start to transition out of your everyday shoes to a more normal style, is you've got to mobilize the foot. You've got to strengthen the foot. So easiest thing is grabbing a, a lacrosse ball, mobility ball, to roll out the tissue to help it adapt. Um, so you basically give your body the opportunity to relearn a movement because exactly, yeah. it stiffen up in order to mm-hmm. uh, control in order to feel safe you know you have to release that yeah we well, think how long it's been stiff for how long you've been in these shoes for 25 30 years exactly for yeah. some even longer so it's not gonna be an easy transition and a lot of people don't enjoy being barefoot because it's pain- painful yeah so you just got to be careful of the dosage like start tomorrow go barefoot for five minutes next day do 10 minutes Go off how you feel. There's no right or wrong, wrong way to do this. Um, so just by walking barefoot, walking in barefoot shoes, you're not going to cause any damage. It's when you start exercising, jumping, running, skipping, that's when you're going to start causing the damage. It's it's really a minimum six-month transition to eventually be able to exercise in those shoes. Running, again, is easy to individual. How hard you work on your mobility, your strength. Um, like, just, just to recap, you're saying buy shoes that have a wide toe box mm-hmm. that are not stiff and have very thin uh, layer on which you stand yep uh, you're saying release the tissue that is tight so like the mm-hmm. bottom of your foot uh, your calves um, and you're saying try to walk barefoot for maybe five or ten minutes but mm-hmm. don't push it because it takes a long time maybe like six months mm-hmm. yeah again it could take someone a couple of weeks could take someone a couple of years yeah depends how much you want to do it um, the best kind of analogy you can put with shoes is with the, with the sun, with our eyes, we wear sunglasses to protect our eyes from the sun. Yeah. We don't wear blindfolds. So most shoes these days are blindfolds. Yeah. They're taking the senses away from the feet, whereas barefoot shoes, minimal shoes are your sunnies for your feet. So you can still, you're still protected because it's a good two, three millimeters thick on the sole, but you can still feel react to the ground. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing with <coughs> shoes for sure, um, and just start being barefoot as much as you can. Like, why do you need to wear shoes at home? Yeah, fair point. Mm. Maybe wear some socks. Socks, yeah, you still gotta be careful the size of socks because if they're too tight, too small, they'll still push the toes together. So one of the best things to do with that is also grab some a set of toe spreaders, to a bit of silicone or something like that, just to help spread out the toes to get some movement back in there. Because a lot of people have cold feet because the toes are squashed together, which limits the blood flow and the nerve supply. I was about to say that. If you have cold feet, this is a good tip. Yeah, for sure. And what can you do in the gym? So we just talked about what you can do uh, during your normal life, Mm -hmm. what kind of shoes you could wear, and how you can progressively get better at walking barefoot. But let's say someone is a very uh, fit um, individual and would like to do something in the gym. What would you recommend? Well, if you definitely um, train well in the gym, like just start taking your shoes off to lift. Squats, deadlifts. Um, any kind of lift where you're not really putting a lot of impact on the on the body, you actually lift more when you're barefoot. You lift ideally, more when you're barefoot. Ideally, I'm not. T- tell me about it. I know it's true, that. but because um, you can feel the ground more, you react more. Like you can get that big toe going down, you get a lot more um, stability and torque. Glute activation. Yep, glute activation coming from there, and you can feel the ground. Like, can you imagine trying to lift a heavy weight on a again? Go back to the crash mat analogy. You know, it's not really hard. You will bouncing all over the place on the bosu ball yeah <laughs> really basically what it is yeah. yeah so having that flat sole where you can create a strong arch 
the tripod foot I like to say because you've got three arches in the foot, one on the top of the foot, one on the inside and outside, get those three points strong, which gets all the right muscles going, especially the glutes, takes a lot of pressure off the lower back. And yeah, just start lifting that way. Like put your shoes back on if you're gonna be jumping, skipping, running. Until you're used to Until actually. Used to, yeah. And then you can start trialing it. You can start pushing it, like do just a 20 meter run barefoot. Even before you go for a, a run or anything, take your shoes off, do 20, 40 minutes, 40 meters barefoot to wake up the feet. Get the senses going, get all the muscles and tendons and all that just active. Is there any kind of maybe isolation uh, work you can do on the soleus, on a plantaris, any, um, any little trick you, uh, you can use? There's no trick to it, it's just go barefoot. Fair enough. There really is no trick, it's like go off how you feel and the more you do, obviously, the more you'll love it and you won't want to put shoes on again. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. I, uh, I've had a lot of people look at me strangely when I go to the supermarket. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you get all the looks. Just for the record, Mick got me to do this. He got <laughs> me into barefoot walking and I'm. that's the reason why I'm talking to him right now. He, yeah. he changed me for mm. the better, in my opinion. Yeah, and the funny thing is you, you do get funny looks because it's not the norm. No, you're weird. And you are, Yeah, you're weird, you're a bum, you're a bogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. afford shoes. Bogan, what's a bogan? <laughs> For those not Aussie. The Aussie, what? Aussie, what's the equivalent? Like gypsy we, or like... We, we call it toki. Back in the Netherlands, oh, we call yeah, it a toki. Yeah, okay, that'll do. Um, but the, the funny other thing is like people say, oh, put some shoes on, they smell. Yeah. Or like they're dirty. It's like... They only smell because you wear shoes. Yeah. They're only dirty because you wear shoes. Like, you go to the supermarket in the morning, you've had a shower and they're clean. Like, I just walk on the ground. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got to be careful of sharps, glass, and all that, but most places are pretty clean these days. So, it's not, you just got to get over the bad looks. <laughs> Shouldn't care what people think, at least for a little bit. Mm. Hey, and uh, last thing I would like to talk about uh, you have a running workshop. Mm hmm. So for those of you that think, hey, uh, I'm going to try and stand on one leg for one minute. I'm going to try and get barefoot shoes. I'm going to do everything that has been recommended, but I would like to do even more. Can you tell me a little bit about your running workshop? First of all, what you do, mm -hmm. what the aim is, how you can ac even access the running workshop. Yep. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, cool. So running workshop, I'm very passionate about. Um, like we said before, 70 to 75% of runners are getting injured and there's something going wrong with that and it's basically because we are very inefficient at running we should be the most efficient runners out there but because of our sedentary lifestyle crappy shoes it's caused poorer technique yeah um, which has allows us to in basically invent our own new technique with a heel strike because which is of, ineffective which so causes ineffective. a whole lot of problems yeah so the main thing behind heel strike is you're landing your foot in front of your center of mass and when that connects to the ground, you're actually creating a braking force which goes the opposite way. Yeah, so, so it's less locomotion, less moving time. forward. It's basically like trying to run with the handbrake on. Yeah. It's not efficient at all. And all that load, that compressive load we are talking about earlier is going through a straight ankle, straight knee, straight hip, straight back. 300 kilos every single time ramming in your knee, mm -hmm. causing problems. The best way to show, like to, for an example, is try and hop on one leg and land on your heel. You are gonna fall backwards, not going to be comfortable unless you're wearing your cushion shoes um, and you're not balanced and then now hop forward and land on your forefoot yeah it's underneath the body underneath center of gravity you've got that balance there and it propels you forward it wants to keep going so the whole concept behind the um the running workshops is get you running as efficient as possible we go through seven different steps we'll look at your posture 
uh, your center of mass or your lean, your foot strike, your foot recovery, your cadence, your arm position, and then we talk about light feet, which is all about being barefoot. Um, what we tend to do, well, what we do do is do a video before and after, um, so you can basically see where you started and where you ended up, and like 99% of clients have had there some kind of change. Now, all those seven steps will not apply to everybody. There's always gonna be one or two things to work on, and it normally does come down to the foot strike and foot recovery is the big thing. Um, and that will just help take away a lot of strain on the body, get you enjoying running again. Because most people, when they run, they don't enjoy it, they run it run because they have to. Yeah, they feel pain, annoyance, exactly, irritation. Yeah. And it, it's tough on the body. And by getting the efficiency back, you actually put smiles on people's faces. And when you can see the difference between the before and after video, like the before video is really sluggish shuffling through and then you see people afterwards that actually they actually look like they want to run their body's like well this is awesome do you maybe have a story of someone that came in a certain way and via your program was completely changed do you have um anything you can tell about that not massively changed but just the small nuances in a lot of people is very similar like i could say 90 percent of people come in and have the heel strike and there's no like big wow story but it is it's pretty cool just to see the differences you can do in an hour yeah you have passion so that's yeah Exactly. So, and then that just it attributes to everything you do. Like, yes, we do crosser workouts, and they can help with a two hundred meter run. Um, but then people are doing five, ten, fifteen marathon, you know, k's and that, and that will help overall. So it it doesn't matter if you're just jogging, sprinting, or long distance. It all is all exactly the same. We should all run the same way. You move way more efficiently, less pain, more control. Yeah, longer longer and happier yeah so that's the main premise on the workshop and like i said we we always tend to get results from it and it's pretty straightforward it's not rocket science it's more taking things away than adding things in so let's say someone hears you talk and thinks yes i want to do it yep cool so the best thing to do is go to probably my website www.melbournesofttissuetherapy.com.au or hit me up on instagram which is melbourne underscore soft tissue uh, there's links there in the bio towards the um, uh, the workshop, or just hit me a message on zero four three nine two zero two six five nine, and go from there. Yeah, there's a few different ways to get it, and yeah, be good to hear from you. Any kind of other medium you can be contacted on, or uh, they're the three best ones. Like also, yeah, look up Facebook Melbourne Soft Tissue Therapy. Um, just Google it; you'll get everything on the Google. So Melbourne Soft Tissue Therapy is the easy way to go. So, uh, to finish it off, what would you like to give people that have been listening up to this point? What would you like to tell them to take them home or something they can try? Just generalize it. Um, I think the final chat we just had is like getting back to being human. Like taking your shoes off, standing up more and using your body. Because um, there's so much potential hidden in the body yeah. that you could easily find and it doesn't matter what age you are like yeah muscles know no age you can start exercising at 65 and be awesome straight away yeah just um, takes a little while longer of course, a yeah. little bit more effort yeah. but still um, but everyone can improve something yeah no one is amazing like there's always something that can get better yeah and by starting moving you can find it out so start exploring being be your own scientist on your in your body no one can tell you what to do you know your body more than better more than anyone else so yeah it's only the only play. one you've got hmm always with you yeah start playing okay Mick I'd like to thank you uh, for uh, the chat I think people uh, 
Or something to work on. Thanks very much. Okay, and that's...